Hey guys, we have a big announcement to share with all of our listeners. And first, we just want to say thank you for being on this journey with us for our first podcast together. Laura, do you want to tell them what the big news is? I do. We're so excited because as you know, those of you who've been listeners, we have continued to grow and scale our business in all sorts of ways by adding on uh, new tools in our belt, taking on new clients, and just getting our message out in brand new ways. So we were thinking we want to continue to grow with our audience and help our audience scale as well. Thus, the announcement is our new podcast, The Scale Up Strategies, the business podcast for entrepreneurs, business owners, and CEOs. We are looking forward to helping you scale your business and take it to the next height. I'm so excited to be doing this with you, Laura, because we've both grown our businesses and we understand, you know, time, tools, marketing, networking. There's just so much that we have to offer and we want to help the entrepreneurs, business owners and CEOs in our network and outside of our network start growing their businesses with simple scale up strategies. Exactly. So if scaling your business has seemed like a task too monumental for you to take on your own, guess what? You don't have to anymore. You get Mary and I in your ear on your video feeds here to help you weekly. So make sure that you subscribe, share with your friends as we are helping you scale your business and make sure you're listening weekly for Scale Up Strategies, the business growth podcast for entrepreneurs, business owners, and CEOs. Okay. And welcome to the Redefine Your Career Journey podcast, where we help career-minded professionals like you become the CEO of your career. I'm Laura Bayshore, and I'm here with my co-host, Mary Jane Brandt. Together, we have over 25 years of experience in career development and coaching. We're thrilled to share our insights and expertise with you on this podcast. So grab your favorite cup of coffee, tune in, and let's start the show. Before we get into that, let's all grab our coffee. What's your coffee choice today, Laura? Uh, today, I have two coffees because I couldn't decide between hot or cold. So I have a hot standard coffee. And then I also have a new cold brew that my husband purchased for me. I'm not as talented as you. I, I don't make my oh. own. I purchase. <laughs> yes. So, of course, I'm drinking my homemade um, cold brew with unsweetened vanilla almond milk and a splash of uns, um, a splash of sugar-free vanilla syrup. It's quite tasty. I, I have to make some more, though, because my pitcher, I emptied it yesterday. So, yes. Laura, what are we starting off with today? I think you have a LinkedIn new feature to share. Oh, yeah. So so the LinkedIn new feature. OK, we did share this two weeks ago, but I just want to share it one more time because, you know, you hear something once and then maybe you think about it or maybe yep. it flies out of your head. So since we're on LinkedIn, we thought it's a brilliant idea to always share with you new things as they come up. So in the experience section of your profile, if you haven't given that any love or attention lately because you think, okay, that's just there. I don't really use it. Well, now there's a reason to go in and edit it and make use of it. So 
LinkedIn rolled out a new feature under your experience section where if you hit the edit button, you're going to notice an option that your skills, which you already have in the skill section of your profile, those skills will pop up there now. And you can simply click on them if you'd like to highlight that those are some of the skills you're using or have used at that specific job or that's so specific. brilliant. I know it's great it's, because it's you're highlighting what you use. Link your skills to each position. So you guys make sure that you take a few minutes and, and update your, your profile by linking skills to each experience section. I'm so happy that they did that. Yeah. So Laura, what are we talking about today? So today we are going to be talking about what does a four-day work week mean to the average professional? And are you for it and it, or against it? And I do just want to add something really funny. Um, it's always reassuring when you've picked a topic and then your tire goes flat and you go to get it changed. This is a story that happened to me last week. Great. I go to get it changed and they have the news channel on in the waiting room. And what do I see? But our topic. <laughs> So, it's a hot topic right it now. Is. It definitely is. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a big it's a big topic. Um, and I think uh, the pandemic really brought it to the forefront again. So you guys, you're going to want to grab your coffee, your notepad, whatever. I guess I'm starting off, right, Laura? Yeah, you're kicking it off today. So let's I'm do kicking it. it off. Okay, so first off, you, Laura asked, "Are you for it or against it?" If you are for a four-day work week, give me a heart. Give us a heart right now. I really expect like everyone to have a heart up there. I don't know why I expect everyone, but don't throw your bias just... in there. You let them do hey, what they want. This is our show. I get to share my opinions. <laughs> Okay, I am for a four day work week, but maybe not the way that you guys are thinking a four day work week works. So we're going to get into that in just a moment. So what does a four day work week mean to the average professional? Well, one common misconception is that professionals just don't want to work. And that's why they want this four day work week. You know what? Yes. But that just isn't true. I do feel that the pandemic has shown us that we want our work to matter. So what does that mean? Well, the truth is a work week looks and feels different for everyone. I think that the one thing that we can all agree on is that we want more boundaries. We want time set aside for work and time set aside for life outside of work. Absolutely. I think that's an excellent way of saying it because uh, too often I hear about the whole work-life balance and it just boundaries seems to feel more authentic to me. Boundaries. Yes. <laughs> boundaries. So one thing that I wanted to share with everybody this morning is I found an interesting poll on entrepreneur media last week. So they asked, uh, you know, there's been a lot of discussion regarding four day work week in light of the UK's six month trial, which we'll give more information on in a minute. Do you believe a four-day work week could improve employee performance? Now, this was asked more of managerial level or small business owners, and I thought this was really interesting because out of 
There are 2,325 voters who responded. They had a 72% that said absolutely. And only 12% said probably not, but 16% said they were unsure and willing to try. So really, if you look at that, you've got over 80% of people who are open to this idea. So I think we can all kind of get a better understanding of why experiments with this have already begun. Yeah, and um, I just want to point out that the typical Monday through Friday, nine to five, you know, that was created, what, in the 50s, right? That was a model that worked back then for the services and the jobs, right, that were in the market. And we're in 2022 now, and so much has shifted. And like I said, the pandemic really brought remote work and flexible hours to the forefront and really had people thinking about what's important to me. And so having said that, experiments are happening everywhere, folks, just like Laura said. And under one of the pilot programs, employees at a range of companies are working 80% of their usual week for 100% of their pay. Yes. Now, they have to maintain 100% of their normal productivity, even while working the shortened schedule. So this is called the 180-100 model. So most people, when they think of a four-day work week, you think that you're working 10 hours a day to create that 40-hour work week. That is not what this four-day work week model is. You're working 32 hours. So you're working eight hours, four days a week, but you still, and you get 100% of your pay, so your pay doesn't change, but you're still, um, you're still expected to deliver 100% of your normal um, productivity. And I, this study uh, is from CNBC, and they say that it's not a top-down model, right? It's not management saying, this is what we're going to do. Instead, yeah. reach, research shows that you really need the employee's buy-in. So like that survey is like, you've got over 80% saying yes. Um, you need to let them figure out how it's going to work. And here's, here's one tip, reduce the number of meetings. You know, you I schedule was just an hour. Say that. Um, I was like, do you think they'll be cutting the meetings? Uh right. <laughs> so I don't know about you guys, but you know, everyone schedules meetings for an hour. Do you really need an hour? You know, do yeah. you show up with an agenda and just go through it? So one thing that I learned in uh, some productivity thing that I was taking is that schedule meetings for 30 minutes or 40 minutes. You typically don't need the full hour for like weekly meetings. Um, but here's, you know, regarding the CNBC um, article, managers, in order for this to work effectively, there's a few things. Managers have to be clear what the pri priorities and expectations are, but then workers and teams should feel empowered to figure out how to work more efficiently, like by reducing meetings and figuring out what tasks can be automated, or I love this word, eliminated, just yes. because you have a process set up and you, I don't care two years, five years or 10 years, especially if it's a 10 year old process, um, <laughs> you need to reevaluate that. And I bet you there are steps that can be automated or even processes that can be eliminated. The study goes on to say that leaders also have to have mo have to model good boundaries. So what does that mean? That as a manager, you might want to rethink sending Slack messages or emails on a Friday if it can wait. 
So if you're saying, let's try this four-day work week, that means as a manager, you're setting the example as the boss, as a supervisor, as a leader, and you are not working on that Friday and you are not sending out emails or slacks. Now, Kyle just messaged me. I love it that you guys are smart enough to send me messages while we're going live because there is no chat function. He yes. said 20 minutes only for a meeting. The military is very uh, strict to this. I love it. Well, of course the military is right. Uh, you know, they, but have I love processes. they're all about efficiency, you know, and they mm -hmm. know we can get a lot more done. If we say there's 20 minutes here, we're going to focus in on this because another thing is in those longer drawn out meetings, you just have a lot of, you know, fluff that just doesn't need to be there. It's almost like you're trying to fill space and it's like, no respect everybody's time. And then they'll actually pay attention to that right. meeting. Um, the one last thing I wanted to add in on this point for us is speaking about, okay, so you're expected to do 100% of your productivity. Well, in another experiment that went out uh, in 2019, actually, Microsoft did report that when they moved to this model, their productivity climbed by nearly 40%. So, um, that is just something to think about when we're looking at moving into these areas and thinking, you know, how can I cram everything in? The reality is, is efficiency is going to make that something that works. Yeah, definitely it is being efficient and really looking at your processes, systems, and meetings. I worked, okay, I'm going to insert a little story. I worked for a great uh, private school in San Diego, the Bishop School in La Jolla. I worked there for uh, 10 years, love the school, but and I worked for the, um, the head of school and the board of trustees, and talk about meetings, meetings <laughs> for meetings for meetings. I'm like, weekly meetings for the A team, the executive team. Okay. But literally they would meet for two hours every oh week. And then the college counseling, you know, and you have to be, you have to keep the head of a school or the president or a CEO in the loop. But I'm telling you some of these meetings, a lot of the meetings, we probably could have reduced that by 50%, but it was old school mentality doing things the way they've always done or how they've always been done, yes. that they would not um, change that. So Kathy just, um, and I, I love this, Kathy just messaged me, the 32 hours concerns her as that is the minimum for full-time in terms of benefits for most companies. So nothing would change, Kathy, with these models, these experiments going on, it's full pay, full benefits. Exactly. You just don't, yeah, you just don't have to work the 40 hours. So it's Something literally shifting the work week. It's not just about changing it to accommodate a company. What it is is really trying to say, look, the new work week is 32 hours. That is full time. Yeah. It wouldn't be like, oh, you only work a four day week, so you get a different pay or your benefits are cut. No, that would count yeah. as the full time. Good that question. was yeah, 32 hours would be the full time. Um, okay, so we wanted to, huh? Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, let's move it in to the next part. So, the next um 
thing that we want to discuss is the gap between generations, gender, and career levels is further and closer than you think. So we had a study here. Oh, where was this study from? I liked, oh, this was from LinkedIn. So we found this on LinkedIn Yay. and analyzing gender and age together. And just as one might expect, oh, wait, before I even say this, um, oh, how am I going to do this poll? Do you think older people want to have a four-day work week? Give me a thumbs up. I'm going to say older people like over 50. I'm going to give you the stats in just a minute. Kathy, Robert, Angie. Hi, Angie. Erica, Eileen, Libby. Okay, thank you, guys. So, um... Analyzing the gender and age together, and just as one might expect, the strongest interest in a four-day week comes from millennial women, 64%. Hello. And, <laughs> I, that's not me. That's and me. And Gen Z it's women. Me. It's I, yeah. I'm the over 50 crowd. I'm on the cusp, um, though. On the cusp. And the Gen Z women at 63%. In the U.S., interest in a four-day work week is stronger amongst women 57%. Is that because, you know, they're the moms? I'm just saying. Exactly. Uh, they're, you know, the ones shuffling kids. Uh, then among men, which is 51%. It's also especially pronounced among younger generations. So attracting 62% support from both the Gen Z, which is the 18 to 25 year olds, and the millennials, 26 to 40. By contrast, only 50% 56% of Gen X, that's age 51 to 46, still not my age group, <laughs> feel strongly drawn to a four-day work week. The percent, here we go. Here's my age group. The percentage drops even further to 46% for baby boomers. So the 57 to 76 age group. I, I, you know, I am a baby boomer, but I have wanted a four day work week when I was working in corporate forever. I think that we're going to see the numbers go up even higher. I don't know exactly when this poll or this, um, the, these stats were done. I, it was done recently, but I do feel that as more and more companies implement successfully a four day work week without cutting someone's benefits or pay that we yes. could see this be the new norm. Would you guys like to see a four day work week, which is 32 hours, same pay, same benefits. Would you like to see that be the new norm? Give us some love on the screen right now. Right. Yeah. I think to your point, it's all about the way it's positioned because I also think, okay, so for boomers, baby boomers, think about where they are in their life and what they're thinking about. Some are thinking about, you know, I don't want to rock anything in the boat right now because I know what's happening and I'm thinking about retirement in maybe, you know, five, 10 years so that could play into it. Also, something that I think plays into it, and now we're going into a little bit of the, the devil's advocate side, okay? So one of the things that can play into that is um, the inability to move up, thinking oh, yeah. that your career is stymied if you are not in the office. And 
I do think that 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 is something to be concerned about. Um, even with the embracing of technology, you know, a lot of the reason, not reason, but one of the ways that employees can move up is in fact, because they create a good bond with their direct supervisor. They have these conversations that happen. So I think for this four-day work week to uh, really come to fruition, there needs to be almost a retraining of middle management to understand what that looks like to manage in a work environment that is four days a week and some of your employees will not be in the office. And so there's a lot of things to take into consideration, but I know that's one of them. And um, according to a Google poll that was done on May 28th, the main reason professionals are looking for a new role is for the opportunity of career progression. You've got 48% of the 40,922 respondents saying that that was their main reason for leaving. And then another 31% said that they wanted the opportunity um, for new learning or career development within there. So you're looking at uh, 79% of people leaving are talking about that. And so it's really something to think about. It's great to say we're going to move to this four-day week, but then what are we putting in place to nurture our employees and our management to make sure that this is going to be just as productive? Before we wrap up today, just a couple of things. Uh, Do you know what time it is? It's time for... The weekly buzz. So each week we are going to share one actionable tip you can use to kick your week off right. And today, Mary is going to share with us the weekly buzz. All right. Thank you, Laura. So change is hard, you guys. It's hard for everyone. But you can try some tips to start shifting to a four-day work week now. How? Well, you might not be in an organization that has made that change, but you can take control of your schedule to an extent. Start by shifting Friday to an admin day instead of a deadline day. Who puts everything off to like, okay, by Friday, I have to get that PowerPoint or Canva presentation done. I have to make 10 phone calls for sales appointments. Don't make Friday your deadline day. Make that your admin day. Work within a four-day time frame. So start shifting with your mind that Monday through Friday is when you're getting your work done and see if you can lighten the load on Fridays and see if this makes a difference in your life. I love this tip. Um, I know that I have a four-day work week in my business. It's taken me some time to get there. So don't get discouraged if you have Friday meeting that you can't avoid, but start blocking off your calendar so people cannot book meetings on Friday unless they absolutely have to. Right, Laura? Exactly. Exactly. I think, you know, taking some control will also just help to make you feel great about your experience too and provide you with some of that agency that we were discussing a little bit earlier. So implement it. Let us know how it goes because I know that it's made a big difference for me as well. If you enjoyed the podcast, show us some love. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. 
And if you have any feedback, go ahead and share that with us too, because we want to hear from you. And don't forget to visit our website, Redefine Your Career Journey, so it can help you take the next step in your career. Woohoo! We'll see you next week with another episode to help you redefine your career journey. Until then, stay focused, stay motivated, and stay caffeinated.